So it's actually halfway through day 10, but um, what I'm going to do is talk to you about day 9. Um, I didn't record last night. I um, caught up with a couple of other fellow cyclists that are heading south down the PC, PCBR, and the evening was spent with them and chatting and sort of exchanging stories and experiences. So as a result, I didn't get to the routine of um, pitching uh, the the podcast for uh, the end of yesterday. So I'm making up for lost time today. Um, as per the last podcast, I uh, stayed at Nancy's place on the night of the eighth uh, day, and it was a great place to camp. The front lawn, or sorry, her lawn, uh, just faced the ocean. Had some light rain overnight, but nothing to uh, really talk about and the tent was uh, dry enough because of the constant sea breeze after the rainfall of the night so that it was able to pack up pretty dry. I uh, spent a bit of time with Nancy and a house guest <clears throat> um, drinking coffee and squaring away gear then left uh, Neskowin, Nestuin, uh was the name of the place, Neskowin and immediately agreed by a 200 meter elevation that was over the last, or over the next 35 40 minutes of just grind up this um, incline but it was quite doable i was sweating quite heavily by the uh, end of it and it was only so the air temperature was five degrees but um, made for a good long downhill after i did uh, get to the top of that little incline the day was uh, pretty uneventful, except for when I got to Lincoln City. I had been uh, posting on the uh, Pacific Coast Bike Route uh, Facebook group, and um, there was also uh, on the uh, as a fellow poster a woman named Emily, and I'd reached out to her a couple of times, and we worked out that we were going to be on the PCBR roughly at the same time, and so I ended up. Uh, fortunately meeting up with them yesterday her and her partner Jay and we spent the rest of the day riding together we um, took in some of the sights and sounds along the uh, the section of the Oregon coast that's renowned for whale spotting um, they had spotted something like 170 odd whales last month but this month it was really just the um, the tail end of the uh, migratory whales and while we took some food and looked out to see we didn't actually see any whales and um, the rest of the the day was pretty much spent on the coast so we saw lots of we had lots of opportunities to actually look out seaward but never did see any of those whales or, or um, breathing whales um, spouts of air going into the no, a spouts of water going into the air. Um, but it was still a, a, a really, really, really nice stretch of coast. Like in Australia, we have the Great Ocean Road down um, south of Melbourne and as if you're travelling west towards Adelaide. And four of those Australians that haven't done the Ocean Road definitely did the Ocean Road before you come over here to the Oregon coastline because... It's uh, another level. Um, whereas we've got, you know, uh, length of kilometres of the Great Ocean Road, these guys have got hundreds and hundreds of miles of Great Ocean Road sort of um, scenery, and it's cliffs and it's beaches and it's um, seals and it's 
uh, lighthouses. It's there's so much to see and look at. It, it truly is wonderful. But um, Emily, Jay, and I kept on chundering down the coast, and we end up staying at a campsite uh, that was one of these hiker bike campsites and um, it was sort of well set up uh, we pulled into a small town just before the hiker bike campsite and got some bits and pieces for an evening meal of pasta and pasta sauce and a, a corn based mash that um, is sold in the, the cold section it might, might have been called polenta and uh, we uh, Jay sort of cut those into slices and fried them up and uh, made some sort of pasta and then some pasta or the jar of pasta sauce made for a hearty meal. Uh, then we spent the night sort of chatting away, chatting away until a bit before 10 and then retired to our respective tents and had some rain last night but uh, by the morning it didn't take long before the, uh, the sun or the wind really uh, dried the tent out. Uh, left the uh, campsite around 8.15 and been chugging away down the coast, but I'll talk about that um, hopefully this evening uh, when I do the day 9 up, oh, correction, day 10 update. What I will uh, spend a little few moments talking about is the bike that I'm taking or with me on this PCBR trip. Uh, it's a road touring bike, it's a traditional road touring bike. Uh, when I was researching this a number of years back, I really based my decision around wanting a roll-off rear hub uh, with those uh, internal gears and a car, um, a gate um, is the brand, a gate carbon belt drive and uh, rather than having a, a chain. And so I hunted around the, the interwebs and found a uh, well-priced um, bike that was built around those components and it ended up being an Australian uh, design bike um, on a brand called Vivente and the model of it is called the Gib. When you get the uh, the Gib out of the box it is ready for touring. There's not a lot that you have to do. The only addition that I've done to this bike is actually add front racks so that I can uh, mount a couple of front panniers but that's uh, and changed the the seat uh, from the um, stock sanded uh, seat that comes with the gib to a Brooks leather saddle that you then sort of wear into your butt shape and ends up being very very comfortable for an extended period of time. Um, the other features of the Vivente gib is that it's got a dynamo in the front axle which drives a uh, front light and a rear light and the front light and rear light are quite effective at being seen and in the dusk or night the front light is effective at actually showing the road ahead of you. The, um, the Dynamo also um, drives a USB plug that is in the side of the front headlight that you can uh, pop open a port and plug in a USB uh, device and then have the Dynamo charge the USB device. It it works okay with um, some older style uh, power banks. The newer generation of power banks doesn't seem to like the varying um, uh, voltage that comes out of the alternating speed. But um, older style power banks, it, it works really well. The uh, bike I've originally had 
uh, Schwab Marathon uh, tyres. I've um, wore those out after about six and a half thousand kilometres, so swapped them to a Schwabby Marathon Mondial is the um, uh, model. And um, they've only got a couple of, well, mainly got the kilometres of this trip, which is about 800 kilometres so far, or 700, 800 kilometres. So they're still in good nick. Um, I did think they were going to be bulletproof, however, um, as I spoke about in previous uh, podcasts around Castle Rock, I actually got two punctures from the steel out of steel belted tyres, getting in between the tread and um, putting these needle-like um, pins into the tube and flattening the tube. The um, bike also has a a front steering arrester, which is a um, a block of rubber that resists the turning of the wheel and it um, so sorry the steering action of the wheel, so it doesn't flop around from the front tire doesn't flop around left and right as you uh, pull up with. Um, gear loaded on the front racks it it resists that Um, for those that know if you have a a rear mounted stand and the front tyre is allowed to turn too far into um, the side that the uh, bike is leaning up against with the stand it can actually uh, make the bike topple so this steering arrester stops that um, front tyre from swinging around too far and um, creating an um, unstable bike when it's on the stand. Um, after that, it, it, she's a pretty stock standard uh, bike. It's a steel frame. Um, it's got um, thicker spokes than normal so that the uh, tyre and rim can actually support more weight. Uh, disc brakes for um, added safety over the uh, rim-based brakes. Uh, it's got a rear rack that came with the bike. As I said, I've put a front rack and then I run Ortlieb uh, panniers. I think they're like 40 litre panniers at the back and um, 18 litre panniers at the front. And then it's got a, um, a handlebar bag from Ortlieb as well that you sort of use as a bit of a, um, a feed bag or a, a quick when you need something like a, a camera or a hat. It's just there right in front of you. Um, I also have a, a frame bag, a, or pretty much a three-quarter frame bag, hang, hanging underneath the top tube, and I use that for my tripod, um, the hat, and uh, the bike lock. But at times I'll store extra food if I'm just picking up something from the uh, grocery shop. I can actually just stuff it into that bag without having to pop a pannier and um, stick it in with the pannier. It's got a couple of. Um, bottle cages mounted I only use one of the bottle cages the other for a water the other bottle cage I use for my um, tool roll um, that has all the bits and pieces to um, repair the bike or maintain the bike as needed so that's a bit about the bike Um, um, I I will do some YouTube footage of the bike just to um, show you those features but um, you can sort of Google as well and, and see those. Anywho, that's um, enough for day nine. I'll leave you to it and talk to you again a bit later in the afternoon. Till then. We found our place on the branch of an old gum tree. Our feet would sway to a voice in the breeze.
banks of a narrow stream These memories will stay with me